The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Na, 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 come on. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's time to talk more about the playoffs. We're going to get into everything that's happening right now in the first round. And let me say, folks, it's like a hospital wing out there. Star players going down left and right for weeks now at a time. Chaos is in swing. Four-game sweeps looking like six or seven-game series now. Maybe an upset. Oh, boy. Let's break this all down. So do me a favor, bro, and drop that motherfucking beat. I didn't see a lot of this coming. Not going to lie, I didn't see certain games, certain series even happening in the first place. Definitely didn't see the Pelicans, like I said before, playing the Suns. They steal one in Phoenix. Man, I didn't see Toronto and the Sixers looking like this. I always go one city name and then a team name. I don't even know why I do that. I just do it. I can't even stop doing it. But the first round of the playoffs is here. And as no one anticipated, we have just obscene levels of chaos on our hands. Just only the Miami Heat-Atlanta series is actually playing out pretty much exactly like everyone thought it would. And if Clint Capella was there, maybe not. Maybe not. And yet we still haven't seen him go back to Atlanta yet, so there's time. There's time for more chaos. So let's look at all of the series. So much is popping. Let's start with Boston and the Nets probably... We'll call it the heavyweight fight. Let's go heavyweight fight first. Just an instant classic series. The way that Kevin Durant is being guarded is unlike maybe he's ever been guarded in his life. The physicality is absurd. The way that they're playing him. It just, you, Ime Udoka, who actually coached for the Nets last year, he was on the bench, which he has a little inside baseball going on, which he knows what the, number, the coverage names are. He knows what kind of sets they want to run. And, of course, he knows that Steve Nash doesn't actually know how to fucking coach. Anyway, they don't respect the Nets. That's how you know. And you know how we should have known that the Celtics don't respect the Nets? Is they could have ducked them and they said, fuck that. They could have played Toronto, who is looking every bit as vulnerable against the Sixers. They could have had Toronto, but they said, no, no, give us the third, the team with the third best odds to win it all. Just let, them, let us make them work for it. Fuck them. 
Every time Nash looks for a hole at any point, they're knocking him around. They're bringing multiple bodies his way. He can't get one-on-one. They're blocking him. It's Jalen Brown and Tatum. They're strapping him, suffocating him. His shot selection has been atrocious. He can't score. The greatest scorer on the planet can't fucking score. It's unreal. Even he's admitting to it. Like, yeah, they're just guarding me really well. It's my job to fix it. I don't know if he's going to be, be able to fix it. And they they look like like an army out there. They look like a platoon where everyone is in lockstep with their roles. Holes are getting filled immediately defensively when they're rotating. It's just the disparity in coaching is egregious. Two of the best 20 players, two of the best 12 players on the planet, 15. I don't know where Kyrie is. I I don't think he's top 10, but he's somewhere in there, depending on the night. He's not even eating food. Like, he's not eating food or water until sundown, which is at 7.30. So he's got to go into the game, and he's not eating it all day. And this, this team, this Celtics team, which all last year looked like a mess. The roster looked like they needed to be split up, and they are just dominating. 17 points up the Nets were, and did not matter. They came back and just won. They are showing why they could come out of the East and make some noise, especially given the fact we now have an issue with Chris Middleton. Even Kyrie said that there's been an impact. Ime Udoka knows us really well. He coached our staff last year. He's had some keys to the treasure trust that he's telling those guys. True. Al Horford was discarded. He was hated in Philly. And he has been a tremendous leader to to a roster that needed somebody to galvanize the troops. And now they are galvanized. Series that we thought would be gimmies, not gimmies at all. Right? You've got the Suns and the Pelicans, and the Devin Booker injury now changes everything. And here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing about an injury to somebody like Devin Booker. It doesn't affect, really, the Pelican series. They should win the seven games, regardless. What it does is extend this series and put pressure and mileage on guys who, let's be honest, don't need to be having any more mileage on them, a.k.a. Chris Paul. Chris Paul needs to be like a, like a 2007 Camry that your grandma's been driving since 2007, and it has 800 miles on it because all she does is go to Sprouts and back. Sprouts, West Coast reference. That's my grandma's grocery store. But, like, all they do is go a mile and a half, round trip to the grocery store once every 10 days for a few bananas and, like, pudding. That's what we need, the kind of mileage that needs to be going on Chris Paul in the middle of the playoffs. No, no. He's going to be getting, like, 35, 40 minutes now because Devin Booker is not there. You need him to lead the troops. You need him to increase his scoring and playmaking. And then what happens? Now in the second round, is Devin Booker back? We don't know. Hamstring injury going up to try to block a Jackson Hayes shot now – has ripple effects, folks, on the Suns. So now in the second round, when they play the winner of what? The... They would play the Mavericks winner? Wouldn't they? Yeah. So say they play the Mavericks and Luka comes back and he's fully healthy. 
Now, Devin Booker's not back yet. They're saying it's a grade one hamstring strain. He'll be back in, at the very minimum, two to three weeks. So now Chris Paul's still playing those minutes. So then you go to the Western Conference Finals. He's finally back. He's got to ramp up. Chris Paul starts to sputter. Maybe the injuries start to take in. Maybe the fatigue starts to take in. Him shouldering the burden. I tell you what, this is where Monty Williams is going to have to earn his pay. Because you need to get huge performances now out of Cam Johnson. You're going to need huge performances out of Landry Shamet. And when I say his name like that, that's how you know he's not a real contributor. Landry Shamet needs to step up. Cam Payne needs to step step up. We're going to need to have huge gains from D.A. DeAndre Ayton is going to have to be. His usage rate is going to sky sky high. And that means JaVale McGee is going to have to take some of the burden off. It just changes, and this is why the depth of any team matters in the playoffs. Not that you're going to play them if an ideal situation continues, but if things go wrong like this, You've got backup plans, folks, and the backup plans need to be, you need to go and break the glass. It's time to break the glass and get JaVale McGee out of the fucking box, folks. Seriously. I tell you what. Also, Suns lost that Pelicans game. That's like burying the lead. Suns lost. Suns lost in Phoenix to the New Orleans Pelicans that started out 3-16. and This is a team with 60-plus wins, losing at home to the Pelicans. You can chalk that up to just being shell-shocked because of the Devin Booker injury, or or you can chalk that up to Scott Foster being a piece of shit. Chris Paul 0-14 now, I believe, in playoff games as Scott Foster referees. Mm. Wow. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I should have bet on the Pelicans, knowing that Scott Foster and Chris Paul were in a collision course yet again. And that's one of those games, too, like, someone's going to get injured. He doesn't call a goddamn foul, ever. Ever. Another little key piece of this series that I want to highlight is, I have been, I must admit, pulled back, confession time, I, how do I put this nicely? I don't like Brandon Ingram. I've said mean things. Time and time and time and time again about Brandon Ingram, mostly because he was mean to me in an interview when he was, <laughs> when he was uh, shooting a, a knee brace commercial. And I wanted a one-on-one, and the knee brace commercial granted me an interview that I don't think Brandon Ingram particularly knew about. <laughs> so he was mean to me. My feelings were hurt. I got sad. I always hit it off with athletes, and he was not having any of my bullshit. I asked him, could you go and, and dunk for me? So we take some video for the, for the shoot, put some you know, B, little B-roll over it? And he was like, nah, I'm a gunna. I'm like, oh, well, fuck you then. It's fuck you from now on then. 30, you know who said fuck you? Brandon Ingram, 37 points on the best defense, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Mikel Bridges had no chance to stop him on another world. Larry Nance Jr., who was a former Blazer center, backup center for the Pelicans, said, listen, I'm a good player. I am a really, really good player. Brandon Ingram, anytime he steps on the court, I think he's the best player on any court he steps on. That's saying a lot. 
But we got to give our props to Brandon Ingram. And if you said, Trista, if you could have Brandon Ingram on your team, this version, how much would you want him? I would put my feelings aside. <laughs> like the generous soul I am. And I'd say, I think we'd take him. He's a gunner. He's a gunner. Nah, I'm a gunner. But anyway, CJ and him together, just a tremendous team. And that shows you that you can build a roster with an undersized guard that can't play defense. And if you put him around Herb Jones and guys like Jonas Valanciunas, who I didn't know played defense, and you can create the right type of weird roster, it can work. It can work. Moving forward to the next part of the series, next series in the playoffs, Bucks Bulls. Man, first and foremost, let's get to the news portion. Chris Middleton, MCL strain. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest injuries. Uh, the East is pretty loaded. They're going to see some opponents that they're going to need him for. And he's now out, I don't even know how long. They're saying possibly four weeks. So, yeah. He hit, he hurt his knee in the fourth quarter, which they ended up losing to the Bulls. Two injuries, two upsets. Games that Two injuries that happened at the latter part of the game as well, and the team had no ability to adjust. Now, Bulls were dominating this game, as were the Pelicans in their series with the Suns. So the injury, you can't attribute it to at all, but you would imagine that two gritty teams that were just both in the finals would have been able in crunch time to get the win. Like that's the difference between a, a good team and a great team is being able to get those, those victories when, you know, it's close games. Mild MCL sprain, they say, two to four weeks. Good news. He'll probably be back the back half of the second round. Bad news, this again, like the Suns, another long series potentially. Should have been a sweep. Now we're talking six probably. They're now, they got one in Milwaukee, just like the Pels got one in Phoenix. Now they go back to their home court with a little fucking swagger. We're going to see. And the star players that you've been relying on are going to be Ghostface Killer. So I don't know. I don't know. Also, really quick. Alex Caruso, this motherfucker, undrafted and just a demon. Who would have thought Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's probably, I would say, the most unguardable human being on the planet, that, let me just go ahead and look him up. Alex Caruso height. 6'4". 6'4", 200 and something pounds going up against Giannis, who's a legit seven-footer. He's what? 6'11", 250. And we got Alex Caruso on Giannis in the block. Mate, force Giannis offensive foul. Giannis looked like, what? That's not that, uh, that's not how that's a, he did the thing where he puts the arms out like LeBron at the, like he's grasping for something. Help me. No, Alex Crusoe has straps. This is the reason I said Alex Crusoe was one of the best free agent signings all off season. Another reason that the Lakers are fucking idiots. So put some respect on the GOAT, undrafted Texas A&M guard who looks like 
a janitor strapping the most unguardable human being on the planet, not on the perimeter, which makes more sense, in the post. So insane. I love that. Going to be a very interesting series. Let's talk about the series I thought would go one way and it's going another. Uh, Toronto now down 0-3 to the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that the reason why, again, another key injury. Scotty Barnes in game one, ankle sprain. Says he's going to be back for game four. Then Gary Trent Jr., non-COVID related illness. Last night when they played game three, Nick Nurse said that Gary Trent Jr. couldn't even breathe. That's bad. That's really bad. That's deadly. It's uh, not being able to breathe is a key piece of living, let alone like operating at an elite level in basketball. So the series that I thought Toronto could be favored in now could be closed out in four or five games. Barnes says he's coming back, like I said, but I don't even know at this point how much that changes things. They gave up a lead. Toronto had that game. We had Drake with the cornrows, just talking about, you know, talking shit back and forth to Embiid. And then all of a sudden, it has to go to OT, and now you get point, what, five, like, Literally almost no seconds left on the shot clock. Embiid turnaround three. This man is seven. Joel Embiid is seven feet tall. Spin around fadeaway from the corner three sidestep. Wet to basically seal game three in overtime. Also, quickly, Doc Rivers is terrible. Like, terrible. Like, part of me thinks that the Jay Wright retirement is just saying, hey, hey, uh, he's open. If you don't get your shit together, we got someone, not saying he even wants to coach in the NBA, but we're saying we got options. You know what I mean? Awful stuff. Um, I just don't really know how Toronto's can, can pull this out, off, but if anybody can do it, I think Nick Nurse can. Just tough stuff. Um, They really should have won game three, and things would have been a much better series. Fourthly, let's talk Golden State-Denver. This shit bothers me. Golden State is now all of a sudden the crown prince of the West. You've got now the Devin Booker injury, and I'm like, oh, oh, well, Golden State only needs now to to beat Memphis, which is going to be a task. First and foremost, let's not act like Denver's a good team. They don't have anyone. When the Suns swept Denver last year, the world was like, that means nothing. They don't have the guy that went nuclear in the bubble. He doesn't have an ACL right now. He's not playing. And that guy is still gone. And the other guy who was playing last year, Michael Porter Jr., has no spine right now. So he's not playing basketball. So it's a less qualified team to even measure yourself again than it was last year, which was a team that was getting shade when the Suns easily beat them in round two. Are we serious right now? I hate, I hate this. And people are like, oh, Trista, you just hate Golden State, so you're just not even wanting to give them any credit. You've never wanted to give them any credit. It's like, I like Jordan Poole. Fine player. Fine player. Nice little hybrid between Clay and Steph. He has a full bag of tricks. But the boy... The man, when he's not in the starting lineup, it's tough. 
Mentally, things degrade for him very quickly to the point where Steph Curry needs to volunteer to come off the bench in order for him and his confidence to remain high so that his play can remain high. It's like some Scottie Pippen type stuff right now. You know what I mean? And he's like in the fourth year of his career. It's not like Scottie Pippen, Scottie Pippen. So let's not crown Golden State at this point. I need to see them play a real competitor. I need to see them play Memphis in order for me to believe. If you can beat Memphis, fine. Fine. I'll sit here and I'll, I'll, I'll show you my belly and I'll say, hey, not physically, but like, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, we're off topic. So all of that to say it's going to be an easy series. This is not even something we really should be talking about except for the fact that Draymond Green is that guy. Draymond Green should have won. If he could have been healthy, he would have been the runaway favorite for Defensive Player of the Year because you're talking about a guy frustrating a seven-footer, the MVP, probably a two-time back-to-back MVP, and he can't even get his shot off. And Draymond Green, 6'8". Mouse in the house, mouse in the house, and he's like, nope, nope, nope. You are going to be absolutely neutralized. So that'll be a 4-0 sweep. Don't even worry. Don't watch it. Just bet Golden State blindly. No shot Denver wins a game even at home. I just don't see it. I don't know who's going to be able to take over. You've got Will the Thrill Barton fighting with DeMarcus Cousins on the sideline. You've got Monty Morris and, and Bones Highland having to shoulder the burden. Please, and Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, get out of here. Memphis, Minnesota. Whew. The future. Future of the NBA. All of a sudden, we thought Memphis could be in trouble, and then they decided to put the clamps down like they knew how. Switched everything, took Steven Adams out of the mix. Steven Adams, you need to go home right now. Sir, you can't be in here. Sir, you're a defensive liability. Carl Anthony Towns is eating you like Captain Crunch. Just um, um, um. So, all that to say... Three minutes is how much playing time he ended up getting in game two. 25 minutes in game one. I would call that an adjustment. Taylor Jenkins doing the damn thing. Two coaches, two bright coaches that are the future of this league. Both teams showing their deep benches. This series, I hope it goes seven. I want to see it get loud in the target center. I want to see Pat Beverly stand on the scorer's table again. Fun stuff. Dig in. I think um, maybe it was the ringer did a whole breakdown on what Memphis did differently. I'm not going to get into it because it would take way too long. But how they decided to defend Anthony Edwards and defend Carly Anthony Towns to neutralize them is a phenomenal read. So definitely check that out. Heat and Hawks. Let's move on there. Jimmy Butler. Oh, how time can change the opinions of those around you. Remember, we were just talking about him getting into fights with his team, him potentially being traded, Eric Spolstra being like, what, you want me to fucking fight you? Now Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler being Jiminy Bricketts. We had that. That was like literally 14 days ago. Jimmy Butler, 45 fucking points. Some from three? Some in the fourth. Jimmy in the fourth quarter? Big Face Coffee is back, folks. Had a slight hiatus, and now how the tables have changed. Now how Eric Spolstra is just singing Jimmy. And I love Eric Spolstra. But just the opinions we have of people just come and go with the wins, don't they? 
Even me. I'm not bought in. I'm going to stay firm. I am not bought in. Jimmy Butler, 45 points. How many is he going to have in game three? How many is he going to have when he's not going against the Atlanta Hawks? Please tell me. This is like the Golden State-Denver series. The Atlanta Hawks were what? A nine seed, ten seed? Get the hell out of here. I am so, so out on the Atlanta Hawks being anything right now, especially with no Clint Capella, John Collins with only nine fingers out there. I'm good. Unsung hero, all the undrafted guys. You've got Duncan Robinson. You've got Gabe Vincent. And Gabe defended Trey in a way in game one and game two that, like, Trey shot one for seven from three. That's crazy. In, in the games, in the moments where Gabe guarded Trey, Trey was largely irrelevant. It, Trey doesn't even shoot when Gabe Vincent is on him. He's like, come over here, someone, someone set me a screen. I need it. I need it. This guy, I don't know where he came from, Team Nigeria. That's the last time we saw Gabe Vincent ball out before this year in the heat. I need it. Gabe Vincent. Cuffs. Like you read about. The man was in prison when Gabe Vincent was on him. Uh, Moving forward, Dallas versus Utah. So Luka, injury still huge. Didn't play game one, didn't play game two. Might be in game three. Left calf strains are no joke. Luka says, I don't know if I'm going to ever be 100% this postseason. I think it's that's tough right now. But if I'm ready and there's no risk of aggravating the injury, I will be out there. I need to see it. But I don't want to see it at the expense of future Luca. I need skinny Luca. I need MVP Luca. I don't need you know Luca getting flamed out in the second round. I don't need that whatsoever. Against what the Suns? No sir. No sir. Series now one one. Jalen Brunson's that guy. I've been telling y'all, he's like one of the only floor generals out there. He's one of the only guys who can score, facilitate, set table, have poise, be able to get last second buckets, footwork in the paint, getting guys kicking out, getting guys involved. God, I love basketball. God, I love basketball. Somebody, as a very quick aside, I just got excited thinking about a DM I got last night. Got a DM last night. It's going to sound random, but they said, listening to the heat check in this league reignited my love for basketball, and I now work for the NBA. That shit is fire! I love basketball. I hope you guys do too. This series is going to be really important. It's going to be really important for, not Dallas, it's going to be phenomenally important for Utah. Utah needs to win this. I don't want them to, but they need to. If they don't, this thing, like I've said many, 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 many times, for TNT, you know, you blow it up, you start again. Donovan Mitchell, he's got to go somewhere else. I'm not even sure he wants to shoot threes anymore. He needs to take over. I tell you what, if they can't get this shit together, man, we'll see. Luka's not going to rush it. Step by step, I think he'll be ready game five, game six. But it seems like the Mavericks, with their defensive intensity, their identity, obviously Jalen Brunson getting Reggie Bullock involved, getting Spencer Dinwiddie involved. Dinwiddie's got to hit his free throws down the stretch, but that's a whole nother story. Dwight Powell being there. 
Rudy Gobert showing that he's a one-dimensional defender, can't defend in the, on the perimeter just like last year against the Clippers. All really fascinating stuff to watch when they play tonight. As we pivot from this first round of the playoffs, you have to wonder to yourself, whose injury is the most impactful to their team? You've got Chris Middleton and the Bucks, a guy who can score off the dribble, a guy who can come around screens and shoot threes on the defending champs. They've got a, they've got a, a matchup with probably the Heat, In the Eastern Conference Finals, you would imagine that that's who they would play, or the Boston Celtics. You've got Luka Doncic, calf strain in a very deep West, having to have a a nightmare matchup with a surging Golden State Warriors team. And he's already been out for the full duration of this first round, and we're not sure when he's going to be back. Mavericks, Luka Doncic. You've got Devin Booker. Hamstring strain, three weeks going against the Pelicans. Probably going to extend the length of this series and also make things very difficult on Chris Paul because he now needs to be the primary everything. He needs to be the primary scorer. He needs to play more minutes. That puts pressure on his body in a way we've seen I mean, time and time again. Chris Paul go down in the playoffs due to an injury and then his team have to lose. That happened last year. It, it almost happened in the first round against the Lakers if maybe Anthony Davis didn't go down. And then you've got Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes injury, you've got him. He went down game one against Toronto, ankle sprain. And that was pretty much night-night sleep mask after that. His replacement is Kem Birch. Kem Birch. Kem Birch. That's not a tree that gives you pollen. That's a person. That's not an oak. That's not like a varietal, varietal of a of a birch tree. No, that's Kem, Kem birch with a K and an H. Kem birch. That is Scotty Barnes's replacement. Rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. Mine, my rookie of the year. And then his replacement is a is a birch tree varietal. So whose injury I think is going to be most impactful? It's a tough one. They're all very important to their team's success. You could say it could be Middleton, but then Middleton has Giannis on his team. Middleton has Drew Holiday on his team. Middleton has Brooke Lopez on his team. Bobby Portis on his team. Grayson Allen there to shoot corner threes, who we hate, on his team. So you can't say Middleton, as important as Middleton is, he's not a linchpin of the squad. Some days, some games, he is disappearing act. Like, uh, like, uh, what's his, Houdini. Houdini. He's like Houdini. So, not him. You could say Devin Booker, but then you've got DeAndre Ayton. You've got Cam Johnson. You've got Campaign. You've got JaVale McGee. All guys that are there for depth. And then, Scotty Barnes, definitely integral. I mean, they're going to lose this series because he's gone. But wouldn't they have lost the series most likely anyway? To me, it's got to be Luka. Luka has to be the biggest wrinkle for this team. Oh, and I forgot to even mention Robert Williams. His injury is huge. 
Don't think it's him because I think he'll be back in the second round and I think the Celtics will make light work out of the Nets. Could go seven, but I think they're young enough and deep enough that they can handle it. So for me, it's Luka. It's uh, a guy who got injured in game 82. It's a team that lost to the Jazz at home in game one. They could have won it, and Devin Booker was unstoppable. Nobody could guard him. Luka's good for 40 every night and 10 rebounds and 12 assists. That's production that is going to be important, not in necessarily in the Jazz series, but I don't think you can even compete against Golden State without Luka and his ability, his, his size, Ding up players, going into the post and dominating other guards and just making life really hard and physical on the rest of the opposing team. To me, I think the number one injury, as tough as it is, has got to be Luka. So he needs to come back soon or the Mavs need to end up beating the Jazz in a, in a dramatic fashion so that he can get healthy in the second round because I think that they could be a dark horse to be in the Western Conference Finals depending on or at least the go seven in the Western Conference semis if he's healthy. So without him, I think the Mavs are cooked, hence the reason I think it's he's the number one most impactful injury in these playoffs. I would love to hear in the comments, DM me, get on Twitter, tell me who you think is. All right. That's all that we have. Buckle up. It is going to be a wild, wild ride. Like I said, the truth is a series can turn on a dime with an injury. The playoffs right now are being turned on their heads. And I promise you, things are going to get even more bumpy as we go along. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. Follow us to prepare you for the playoffs. Do not forget to download. Do not forget to subscribe. Tell your friends. And follow us at This Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok.